Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I have no idea what dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film That better who you the lights go dim From James Cagney to Nosferatu And stunts that shock you And dirty, dirty studios made From wings to Top Gun Movie stars and no ones Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton Hollywood Is still some history in Hollywood they chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. History, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. Welcome to Film History, the history of film. Oppenheimer drops Friday. And, uh, oh, drops indeed. Drops indeed, my friend. Christopher Nolan is dropping Oppenheimer Friday on America. And equally as importantly, Barbie. Barbie. Barbenheimer. It is Barbenheimer season, mm-hmm. and Lord knows we like to stay current on this show about history, okay? So, uh, we're going to be taking a little Marilyn Monroe intermission. That's what I want to call mm-hmm. this. This okay. is going to be an intermission. This is the first of its kind on here on Film History, the History of a Film. A Merrill mission. A Merrill I mean- mission. Yeah, yeah, it's an intermission. Yeah, we've never taken an intermission before. Yeah, we've never taken an intermission before, but, I mean, come on. Oppenheimer's coming out, y'all. Yeah, Barbie's coming out. Yeah. I'm so hyped for Barbenheimer. Yeah. So, it's like, kind of appropriate. Marilyn Monroe has resemblance to Barbie. Yeah, yeah. There, you, there you go. <laughs> There's our Marilyn reference. We got uh, it done. Uh, we will flicker the lights in the lobby when it is time for Marilyn's return to the mm-hmm. stage. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but for now, I want to tell you about a film. Okay. And to let you know where things were at the time that this particular film came out, I'm going to do a little... When are we? When are we? When are we? 1947. Damn. The president is old hairy-ass Truman. When did we drop the bomb? 1945. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Two years Mm -hmm. post-bomb. PB. PB, what, and that's 17 years a- AC mm-hmm. after CAG. After CAG, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the president's old Harry Ash Truman, the bomb dropper himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the year he passes the Truman document, Doctrine, mm-hmm. establishing the U.S.'s policy of providing military and economic aid to countries threatened by the red bastard communism. Damn. <laughs> Beginning <laughs> of the end. That's when we became the world police. Uh, yeah. Oh, is this when the Red Scare started? Out? Yeah, this is when the we were Damn. like we were really we were, dipping into we the Cold re- War. Well, we realized <clears throat> that the Reds had the bomb too, and then we went, "Oh, they're expanding. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to chill, but mm-hmm. we can't let them no. take over the world." Yeah, more Russians died in World War II than anybody else. Oh I yeah, think. dude. They and were, the Russians yeah. really won the war. Yeah, honestly. 
To your, kept going. to your Marxist commie back. That's yeah, one thing. We, you, we the one thing you guys are good yeah, at, fighting and dying. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're really good at collective action, and that's what a war is, baby. See, it's collective action. Drake's AI well, debate if you were is that good at, at Stalingrad. Just holding it down. <laughs> if you, you were know, that good at a no war, retreat. you'd still be around. <laughs> uh, I blame Chernobyl. <laughs> well, speaking of Chernobyl, this was also the year of the Roswell incident when aliens crashed in Roswell after flying through... Most definitely. We've been talking about this so many times. Yeah, yeah, I know. 1947 has been covered quite a few times. <laughs> Which is so weird. It's well, it's just like know. a random year to cover a lot. Uh, We've covered it a bunch. We're going to drive it into your fucking skull. <laughs> Roswell. Just like Oppenheimer. <laughs> Roswell, when the aliens... So I got a new theory, though. I think the aliens were just flying through like the fucking nuclear death cloud that we had made over New Mexico. And just you know? like, yeah, like so their, their equipment went out. I don't remember what... A, like podcast this was with some comedy podcast I'm not taking credit for this but they were like you guys realize that if aliens are visiting Earth they're the billionaires of the alien race right <laughs> so, so it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're the equivalent of the Titan Gate sub you know what I mean if so if it, <laughs> if an alien spacecraft crashed on Earth it's like the Titan Gate sub yeah. crashed they're gonna die <laughs> yeah. they will die and there's a bunch of people back on the alien planet making fun of me like those fucking idiots unless the aliens were here the whole time, brother. Unless the aliens created the human race. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't think. I think all those things, if there is anything visiting us, they're just like avatars or drones. Yeah. Like they're like shells. Yeah. Not really where There's the nobody in there. where the real. Maybe shit that's is. the secret. Yeah. Fucking area. Like even if they are people, I yeah. think it's just like a like a like a avatar. Like literally, like right. from the movie. Like you like just a hologram. plug in. No, you just like plug in all and right. you're like there experiencing it and piloting, but then you just like tap out like you can't uh, die maybe it, that's the like thing a, the secret that area 51 is 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 keeping is that the aliens are non-organic material non-organic material non-orgasmic material <laughs> speaking of orgasms non- jackie robinson signs with the brooklyn dodgers i mean he was hot let's face it becoming the first african-american player in major league baseball uh on july 26 1947 president truman signed the national security act into law this, uh, this act led to the creation of the CIA, the Department of Defense, and the National Security Council, or the NSC. The guys who are watching our podcast, for sure. Wait, what the NSC? What would they not say? What's the difference? There's so many three-letter words. Yeah. They, 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 they all do the same shit. National Security Council versus National Security Association? They all do the same okay. shit, they're all, just, they're all just jerking off yeah, to my live camera footage. It. They're all just oh. watching us and oh. fucking... They're watching us from the Madison Square Garden eye sphere. <laughs> yeah. They're watching us from the eye sphere Listen to Mr. Krabs AI. <laughs> Two big inventions in 1947 was the Polaroid camera and the microwave oven. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could get a Polaroid for $89.97 through the old inflation calculator. That was $1,300 fucking dollars. What? I mean, that's about right for a what? camera now, though. <laughs> no. Uh, but for a Polaroid? This yeah, thing but is, back then, yeah, this thing, that was a DSLR. This thing's 600 bucks and it has porn. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> the Polaroid does have porn. Oh, just wait, until, just wait until you hear what they were paying for a fucking microwave. In 1947, you'd have to shell out around $2,000 in 1947 for a microwave. What? Through the old inflation calculator, that is $31,000 for a microwave when you could just step outside and nuke your, your food for free because Oppenheimer radi- is still the radiation. around. The radiation Jesus will cook it. Christ, if you just man. throw a popcorn bag out of your window, it'll pop. That's so much money to microwave $31,000. That's crazy, dude. 
So uh, yeah, man. If you're uh, if you're tuning into the radio that year, the most popular song was "Near You" by Francis Craig and his orchestra. And if you wanted to catch a moving picture, the most popular one to see was this year was uh, "The Best Years of Our Lives," directed by William Wyler. A real fun popcorn flick about veterans returning home and dealing with no longer killing people every single day. Uh, it won Best Picture that year, along with six other little Louis B. Mayer statues, little Louis. It took home all the little little naked Louis. That's so funny. I'm, I'm playing L.A. Noir right now, yeah. and there's so many veterans in there that are just like PTSD adult <laughs> yes. psychopaths. Yes, dude. <laughs> it's like you'll bring in a guy who didn't even commit the murder, yeah. and he's like, I <laughs> do it again. And it was like, you didn't do it in the he's first like, place. put me in the cage. <laughs> I don't care what I have to tell you I did. <laughs> I'm just begging to go to jail at this point. Have you gotten to the part with the heroin coming in through the ships? No, uh, no, not yet. I just got okay. the vice. I just got the there's a case based on that true story. Dude, I am so excited. I've been playing this game for like 30 hours, and I was like, when do I get to Hollywood? Yeah. And I finally, I just got to Vice, and I building? just got to Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. remember I sent you a picture of it. I was playing it yeah. on fucking VR. Yeah, LA yeah, Noir yeah, yeah. VR. My building is in there. Yeah. By the way, you got to do LA Noir VR. I know, I know. It. I will, yeah, It's yeah. the abridged yeah. game. Like, it's like 10, 20 Ten missions. Okay, like cool, that. yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you're playing through it. That game Dude, is fucking the, one of the best video games ever. The the fact that it doesn't have a sequel is, is the criminal. Greatest criminal. Criminal. Today we are talking about a film called The Beginning or the End. I've never heard of this. Yeah, no, no, I hadn't. I hadn't either. Oh, okay. Uh, I had not either. I had never heard of this. I was looking for something about the atomic bomb. This all came from the Barbenheimer hype. Mm -hmm. I was like, oddly oh. could also be the name of a Marilyn Monroe documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning or the end. <laughs> The true JFK assassination. Uh, so the title, I don't know. The beginning of the end, the title's whatever. You know, it's cool. It's not. It, it, I it like it. Really, it's yeah. appropriate. It the has foreshadowing the without them knowing yeah. it had foreshadowing. For sure. <laughs> but this was... Oppenheimer before Christopher Nolan, like 70 years before Christopher Nolan released Oppenheimer, this thing comes out. The Beginning or the End was a historical drama released in 1947, directed by Norman Torog, most notable for also directing uh, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer in 1938, by the way. That was a book. <laughs> Much, yeah, hey, that's a book. <laughs> that's, that's a book. That's a book. That's a novel. Hey, that's a novel. S something tells me they weren't exactly PC in that version. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There was definitely inward Jim in that version. Oh my god! Uh, but that is a much different film than the beginning or the end, which depicts the events surrounding the development and deployment of the atomic bomb during World War II. Now, are, is there Japanese slander in this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's probably some slurs thrown it's, in there. It's just 1940s racism. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. We were still mad. Yeah, even though, you know, even though we did this. This is 1947? 1947, this two is, years. That's so funny. That's literally the year L.A. Noir takes place. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I can put myself in it. All it. I, can, I can put myself I in it. I, I should have, <laughs> in when are we, said, and also L.A. Noir took place, place yeah. in this year. All yeah. right, I'm in it. I, I've just, I've been living this for the last couple You're days. In so it. I'm, you I'm, know where we are. I know. I see the city. I see have the street. Yes. I see the cars. Have we started the Korean War yet? We were bubbling. It was bubbling, and all that Red Scare stuff was starting to happen. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, Truman had, Truman was like, well, let's we kill still, all the commies. Were we still cool with China or no? <clears throat> no. Probably not. I mean, Maybe. or, you know. I think were we now? ever? 
we we have we always have been and not been. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a frenemy situation. It's like Goku and Vegeta. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So the beginning, the, end, that is <laughs> the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Dude, go. it's Clearly. Batman and Joker. You can't have the Batman without Joker. You can't have the Joker without Batman. You can't have China without America. You can't have America without China. Yeah. You know. Uh, I feel like this is more of a, I don't know, like a what's a what's a smaller villain? It's, not, it's like a Batman scarecrow. Like, it's Batman and Catwoman. It's like oh no, they, Catwoman's big. They fight, but they fuck. Oh, you know what I mean? oh, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. China and U.S. But we're definitely Batman. China's yeah. Catwoman. All right. China yeah. gets fucked. No, not really. We're probably the other way around if we're being honest. Anyway, the beginning or the end is a dramatized account of the Manhattan Project, the top secret research and development program that led to the creation of the first atomic bomb. So it was literally Oppenheimer? It was Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. This is 1947's Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. Um, By the way, I'm researching this movie, and I'm also watching... I finally, years later, got around to watching American Crime Story Impeachment, the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky story, Mm -hmm. and I'm just typing shit into chat GPT. I'm like... Something, something, atomic bomb. Something, something, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Chad GPT is like, we're calling the police. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, We've notified the FBI. They absolutely you are the that. Unabomber. You are definitely in a cabin right now. I don't even know how you're getting internet to talk to me, okay? But, uh, <laughs> dude, speaking of, Colin Hanks is in that show, right? And how did Colin Hanks grow into Tom Hanks and Chet Hanks grew into Hunter Biden? How did that? Because that's the way it works. It splits yeah. and goes All right. opposite. Yeah. Like the splitting of an atom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there has to, there was always with two. lots of energy yeah. coming out. Tom Hanks and Chet Hanks split and yeah. nuked their family dynamic. You know, Tom you Hanks. He he did a monkey paw situation. He yeah. wished to be the greatest actor of all time, and but it, one the firstborn <laughs> has to go. The firstborn has first to do math. No, that's Chet Colin. Is the Chet's the yeah. youngest. Yeah. Your youngest. Your born. youngest will be will be president one day. <laughs> Chet is gonna be president. I bet you at parties he says he takes after his mother. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, Chet would be so fun to hang out with. Yeah. I, I like, would love to. Yeah. He yo, looks hilarious. Ch- honestly, Chet would unite the nation. We had this Chet conversation. Chet for president. Yeah. Chet for president. Did you see, see him on the Eric Andre show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was hilarious. Great. It was so amazing. Funny. You won the Eric Andre show? Yeah, man. The new season. So okay. good. Yeah. Like usual, I'm going to give you a little bit about what this thing is about. Uh, the beginning of the end, it focuses on the efforts of the Manhattan Project, like I said. Uh, so the movie starts out, right? This mm-hmm. this movie, we were, we were talking about meta just a little while ago. This movie went fucking meta in 1947. The movie starts out with a title card that is playing out as the news of the day that would play before movies. So it's like, you don't know, man. You don't know if you're watching They the did news. this a lot. Reefer Madness was kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. It was like yeah. a movie of the lecture of a movie. So uh, meta, bro. Like, you don't know. You don't know, man. You don't know. <laughs> this could be real. You know what I'm saying? Which also is really great if you're high. <clears throat> so uh, the movie starts out with a title card, right? Playing out as the the news of the day, like the news segment. The newsies. The newsies. And the card reads, Scientists bury atomic records. <laughs> Commentary by John B. Kennedy. Uh, who B. Was Kennedy? John B. Kennedy. This was a guy back in the 40s. He was an actual famous radio correspondent. No relation and, to F? 
No, no relation to F. Okay. I, I looked. I asked ChatGPT. a strong Irish name. <laughs> I asked ChatGPT. I said, uh, did Bill Clinton kill Marilyn Monroe? Did John F. Kennedy uh, eat an atomic bomb? And was uh, John B. Kennedy related to him? You know, and ChatGPT just said, I'm calling God the police again. We talked about this. Uh, Kennedy you know? is the reason we're not all destroyed by nuclear bombs, <laughs> all right? So, like... Everybody say thank you. Kennedy's shot went out of the sky with a pistol. It once. was it was Kennedy and a, a crazy, not a crazy, a very sane Russian sub commander. Yeah, hell yeah, Bay of Pigs. Hell yeah, Bay of Pigs, baby. <laughs> shout out to Bay of Pigs and <laughs> shout out to Cos's divorce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shout out to Cos. <laughs> Kevin Cos is going through his own Bay of Pigs right now. <laughs> 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 like, I was fucked up and it cost me a shit ton of money. <laughs> I look, he weaseled Some it people down. died. He weaseled it down to like 150 grand a month, you know? Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Kaz, brother. You should have just stayed on, stayed tied to the mast of that ship and let them float you out to the sea, man. Never had to deal with this shit. There was a shit ton of people wasted when they saw this movie. Hell yeah. Especially soldiers. Yeah, for They're sure. They're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Post traumatic stress, but I do want to see the Japs get nuked. Yeah, and man. <laughs> and this was a good movie to watch for that. Uh, so, but this John and also, Kennedy. Pause for the microwave thing, real quick. Gotcha. This is the same year the microwave came out, right? Yes. So at the same time, they were like, "Hey, you know that thing we did in Nagasaki? Yeah, you can have that in your that kitchen." That comes up. Okay. That comes up. <laughs> You're gonna love this episode. You are going to love this. This is this is gonna be kind of a long one, by the way. But fuck <laughs> it, man. We got time. Hey. I mean, I it's woke a special. Up at, I woke up at 4 p.m. That's right. <laughs> it's a special intermission episode. You know? Hell yeah. Uh, so John B. Kennedy, though, this guy who's narrating it, he was the actual narrator for most of the real news flashes before movies. So this was super like you were in it. You know, like you're hearing the guy, you're Almost seeing the War thing. Of the worlds, like, War of the Worlds. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Very, uh, very uh, in, in, what do you call it? Immersive, you know. It's very immersive, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, so this commentary plays over the beginning of the movie, a scene where America is burying a time capsule with things from the Manhattan Project to be uncovered in 500 years. They basically want the 500 years in the future. We want those future people to know. We fuck shit up down here. You know what I'm saying? There is, there was like at that point, there probably wasn't gonna be a 500 year. Yeah, that's the 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 ironic part. We just made a device that can literally destroy the world. Let's bury some shit so there's evidence that we were even here. You have to watch this movie either before, after Oppenheimer. I feel like it's gonna be spoilers for Oppenheimer. Yeah, it'll be spoilers. What the fuck is a spoiler (laughs) for Oppenheimer? What the fuck? Are you a talking spoiler about? for Oppenheimer is called high school. Yeah. <laughs> Going to class. Good thing I never did that, brother. <laughs> yeah, brother. They um, made a bomb. It goes off. <laughs> like, does he live? Does he die? Does him and Einstein fuck? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He and Einstein fuck. <laughs> yes to all of um, them. Yeah, dude. He fucked his mustache. Especially when you throw it through the AI filter. Oppenheimer used to drop his nuclear loads in Einstein's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the rails. But Which one, one that's is what made him so right? smart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Robert Downey Jr.? You know, like all these yeah. are mysteries. You know, <laughs> wait, that's that's Barbenheimer. Is RDJ and Barbie or Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Reality's not real. Like, the wormhole was open when they made Barbie and Oppenheimer at the same time and released them on the same release date. Time is not real anymore. Are you Jason Oppenheimer? Okay. So, is, uh, there's a bunch of 
much more heavy hitters he... in Oppenheimer than there are in Barbie. No, nah, there's a lot of Barbie. Does, Does he like come him. in Oppenheimer? Yeah. Nice. He comes on the bomb. Does he come in Barbie? Yeah. No, Dude, nice. Barbie's got Will Ferrell. Oh, does Will Ferrell come? But, yeah, yeah Will Ferrell's yeah. dope. And and Michael Sarah. So so this commentary plays over the beginning of the movie. Like I said, America is burying this time capsule to be recovered in 500 years. It's got shit from the Manhattan Project in it. And the narrator goes on to say, <clears throat> Here among the 3,000-year-old redwoods of California, scientists and dignitaries are burying a time capsule. At the base of these trees that have watched the rise and fall of many civilizations, these records of atomic progress will rest until the year 2446, 500 years from now. Here today are representatives of the three nations that made the major contributions to the first harnessing atomic energy. The United States, the United Kingdom, and the Dominion of Canada. Major General Leslie R. Groves, Deputy Chief of Engineers. Beside him, Dr. J. Robert Oppenheimer of the University of California, America's foremost nuclear physicist. And you know, the camera's panning over them. And of course, uh, old... Uh, is it still Killian Murphy playing him? Yeah, it's still Killian Murphy back in those okay. days. But it's funny you say that. Leslie R. Groves is two for two now being played by handsome men when he looked like <laughs> the literal penguin, like the real-life <laughs> penguin. You know, He's, he, gets, he gets played by like the high, Matt Damon, and even the guy who played him in this movie is hot as fuck. He's in, he, he looks like, a, like if a New York rat came to life after being dead for a while and like wandered the streets, you know. Uh, very smart man, but oof, boy, <laughs> wouldn't fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> That's your metric? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care if you drop well, those the Those genetics are not going to transfer, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you care. You have anything fear. Like, this is a lose-lose for everybody. Yeah, it's just rare on this show that I get to say I'm not going to fuck someone, you know? Yeah, so it's true. like, if I'm not going to fuck this guy, he is a go. You uh, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to the so, Batman. <laughs> Cheers to Batman and, and Catwoman. Representing the United Kingdom and the Dominion of Canada at this ceremony are Dean McKenzie of Canada, Dr. Chisholm of the British Scientific Mission, and C.D. Howe, Canadian Minister of Munitions. Dr. Vannevar Bush, Director Mwah. of the... <laughs> yeah, see? Director of the Office of Scientific Research and Development, Dr. Enrico Fermi, that was a real famous dude, Nobel Prize winner of the University of Chicago, and Admiral William A. Parsons, Bureau of Ordnance, United States Navy. He's the blowy-uppy guy. Bureau of Ordnance. He's, he's, he's the bomb guy. Bureau of Munitions. Yeah, Bureau, Bureau of Blowy-Uppy. <laughs> we are the BBU. Bureau of Blowy-Uppy. <laughs> Our shit goes boom real good, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you. He's just a redneck who knows how to use dynamite. <laughs> they're all like this they're all clones, like redneck clones yeah. of this one guy, the yeah. whole unit. They're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Let's blow them up, sir. Uh these men of all countries and creeds uh lent their knowledge to solving the great problem of atomic energy. The great problem. Yeah, it was a problem before. Yeah. These guys figured it out. The problem is they don't explode big enough, Yeah, they, they don't go blowy up as big as we want. 
Um, I want generational damage. <laughs> I want their kids to feel this, and then their kids to feel that. I want their DNA to unravel. <laughs> I want to change them, brother. I want to change them for good. <laughs> Among the many items and records sealed in the time capsule were oh, a... How dare is, their DNA be double helix? <laughs> I want a, a single helix yeah, only. I either want a triple helix or single helix. I want them to either melt or I want them to become more. That's all. See what it looks like. I either want them to become way less or way more. (laughs) I'm creating X Men or uh, Fallout Mutants, one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Among the many items and records sealed in the time capsule were a movie projector with instructions for its use engraved on copper and a print of the Metro-Golden-Meyer motion picture dramatization, The Beginning or the End. (laughs) This movie that you're watching is in this time capsule. Is going in this time capsule. Are you 500 years in the future? Cool. Are you, or was it the apocalypse and you dug it up early because we've nuked ourselves to fucking Timbuktu or some I shit? I love this. It's so cool. Right? It's fucking, that's a Nolan-ass thing. That's a Nolan-ass fucking thing. He definitely watched this movie. Mm-hmm. He absolutely mm-hmm. watched this film, for sure. You can find it on YouTube, by the way. It's like, it's the whole thing. It's beautiful. It's it perfectly preserved. The beginning or the end. So, the film is among the things going in the time capsule. Uh, A title expressing the fear of people today that a future atomic war may destroy all humanity. The message to future generations is marked by a curious tone of somber defiance. Come what may, our civilization will have left an enduring record behind it. Ours will be no lost race. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, as the newsreel ends, a title card explains that you are about to see the motion picture sealed in the time capsule for the people of the 25th century. That's cool. Fucking meta, bro. I love this premise, yeah. Yeah, me too. And it's also, it's so it is a, it's like a docudrama. It's a, it is basically a fucking reenactment from, uh, you know, the ID channel. But it was in 1947, and it's a film dramatically reenacting things. ID channel? Oh, man. The murder channel, brother. What was this shot in? And then they put the actual reel in the capsule? Yeah. they or Yeah. Yeah. That's what. And, well, and they say. I, I couldn't find whether or not. They would have to put that and a projector? Or do you think. Yeah. The, it we'll was like a reel, a projector. They'll just be like, why are there. Thousands of tiny pictures on this. <laughs> it's, oh, dude, they this pulled, is not easy yeah. to read at all. They just <laughs> exposed the film immediately. Definitely. <laughs> they don't know how it works. Like, yeah. What the fuck is this thing? They're they trying to write it. English. They're like, they don't speak English anymore. <laughs> What's the ID channel? Oh, my God. You don't like murder and shit, huh? 
I mean, you I'm, do. I'm a casual you fan like of murder. I'm a casual. It's fan like of murder, the reality yeah. channel for like who murders. First forty eight. Like first forty eight and all that. Kind you of never seen First Forty Eight? Oh wow! Well. Uh, oh, you're in for a treat, my friend. With uh, the guy from Lost Boys? <laughs> no, <laughs> not you. Not the movie. It's uh, <laughs> no, man. First Forty Eight. The, sh- the reality show. It is a reality show that follows cops while they investigate murders, and it's fucking like the cameramen are at the murder scene. With the cops, that like ninety percent of murders are only solved like within the first forty-eight hours. Yeah. Whoa. So after, if it goes longer than forty-eight hours and you haven't solved or caught the person who did it, then really, they're, yeah, they're most likely to get away. We're talking right? fucking Whoa. like grisly murder scenes on Whoa. a fucking show. I mean, they blur some shit, but not most dude. of it. Like, cool. oh, Wait, dude, this is on cable. Yes, dude. Yeah, this is cable this television. Is, yeah, man. Cr- true crime is just allowed to uh, exist in that realm. I don't know. People are like, I, I think it was. I we talked about it before here on this show, but like Vietnam, people are like, no, no, let us see it, you know, let the public let see the, the shit, watch. let the children watch, uh, you know, we wait, need to wait. see what's really going on. Wait, is this uh, is this on any streaming service? You now? can look. Yes, uh, it is on Discovery Plus. Okay, is that now probably Max? now HBO? I don't know anymore. Okay. I, I don't know, but yeah, okay. uh, but look it up on YouTube. You can okay. probably find a lot of First Forty Eight okay, episodes cool. on YouTube. Okay, yeah, cool. everybody right. out there go watch First Forty Eight. Right. Definitely, we'll do it. We'll do an episode on that one day. <laughs> murder history, the history of murder. <laughs> so, what was the first murder? <laughs> what was the first murder? It was. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe by JFK. Uh, <laughs> no one died before then. He invented murder. Deb's going to shoot me one day from across the table. Just like a silenced hey, pistol. If JFK, I'm not going to shoot you. If <laughs> The CIA will shoot you. Yeah. If, uh, if he wants to defend himself, he can come on this podcast and speak for himself. Yeah, hell yeah. I would love that, brother. <laughs> Just here knocking the door. Yeah. He's just waiting for that moment. That's not what my dick can do for you. Ask what you can do for my dick. Uh, <laughs> so this whole movie is told uh, by Oppenheimer. Like he's fucking like Rod Serling or some shit. He like presents it to you. Is he's it really like, him? Or is it an actor? No, but he was on the fucking, uh, like just off camera as the real life Oppenheimer standing there watching them film this shit. Whoa. And this like handsome actor playing Oppenheimer is like, Posted up on his desk, and he's like, "We're bringing you a film about our work at the Manhattan Project." You know, type of shit. Real Rod Serling type shit. It was awesome. Uh, we had Art Baker as Truman. He played Harry Ass Truman. Uh, <laughs> we had Ludwig Stossel as Albert Einstein. Did a fantastic job, in my opinion. He portrayed him the way that you always hear that he was. Mm-hmm. He was apparently like a real silly, funny dude. Okay. This guy was like he he did that. He like I think he portrayed him very well. Okay. Uh, Hitler's in there. Yeah, Hitler's in there. We got the Nazi. The he Nazis. worked on the bomb. He was working on his own. That's oh. the reason we had to, you know, get oh, yeah. to it, boy. We had to get justify to, to the future humans why we did what we did, or yeah. else they'd be like, well, we're the good guys, and that's why we had to do it and use it first. You are hitting the nail on the head, yeah. my friend. You were hitting the nail on the head. The gang's all here. Right history. <clears throat> yep, exactly. The his- History goes to Hollywood, baby. So uh, <laughs> history goes to the best filmmaker. It begins with the Nazis and their goal of developing an atomic bomb. Along with Britain and Canada, the U.S. reacts by beginning its own atomic program. And the story's all there, too. We got Dr. Enrico Fermi successfully creating the chain reaction. We got them. I, actually, I won't tell you all this because you don't want Oppenheimer spoiled, yeah. so never mind. <laughs> That's going to be in the beginning of Oppenheimer. Don't worry. Okay. I didn't spoil anything just there. Um, 
Well, I mean, you, you're going to get one spoiler. That's but fine. I, it's history. It, it is history. <laughs> because, like, we're going to talk about Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I'm mostly joking. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it follows the experiences of various key individuals involved in the project and explores the moral and ethical dilemmas surrounding the development of such a devastating weapon. And it primarily revolves around the renowned physicist J. J. Robert Oppenheimer, played by Hume Cronin. How much like Killian Murphy does it look like? He actually kind of looks like a 1947 Killian Murphy. Cool, okay. Just a little bit. All right, sweet. I would say, like, this movie is Oppenheimer. It's really weird. You gotta watch it. Every 40 years, we gotta make an Oppenheimer. Yeah. I don't know if Oppenheimer is gonna be as fucking uh, propagandized as this movie was. Probably not. I assume Oppenheimer's gonna be kind of anti Yeah, I think so, too. Because this was pro-bomb? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... We'll get into it. Okay. We'll get into it. You wait it. and see. It's it's um, not necessarily yeah. How can yeah. Oppenheimer be anything but pro bomb? I mean, they regret their decisions and actions. That's this movie says that too. They regret my words. I regret my words and deeds. This movie goes into that. But yeah. we want I am become death, the yeah. destroyer of worlds. He was <laughs> quoting the Hindu Bible. I know, and apparently <laughs> it was like a not very good translation of it too. No. I am just dist- the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. Isn't that Voltaire? No. <laughs> I have one of my Voltaire was a Satan worshiper, all right? I don't know who uh, Voltaire is. <laughs> I hear that quote attributed to him. I don't know how accurate that is. He was an old vampire who worshiped Satan. Uh, so Wait, really? He definitely wrote about no. it. Yeah, he wrote about Satan. Cool. Good guy. <laughs> you also got... Yeah, great. I love that guy. Love Hail Satan. Him and Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> Uzi Satan. <laughs> Uh, you got General Leslie Groves, played by Brian Don Levy. And like I said, super handsome guy, mm-hmm. you know, playing General Leslie Groves, the military officer in charge of overseeing the project. Together, they assemble a team of brilliant scientists and engineers who work tirelessly to harness the power of the atoms. So, I'm just picturing the Avengers. In I was going to say, so they're like the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the Avengers. Like they're, and they have a moment like that. There's a part in this movie where they're like, they assemble. Fucking, yeah, they assemble. <laughs> they, they assemble, dude. Like, they 1947 assemble, you know. Nerds. Nerds. I mean, it, it is assemble. a nerdy movie. This is a sciencey movie, I'm man. Just kidding. This movie gets into it gets into real sciencey territory, which I imagine I'm I love science. as well. I'm Very lame too. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love science. Me too, brother. Me too. Very lame. Where's the football? Because science yeah, where's is the... a liar sometimes. Where's the field goal, brother? <laughs> Point me in the direction of the field goal, fuck, brother. I don't got nothing to do with these numbers or letters. <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not much of a reading man. <laughs> My daddy said if I read anything, he'd kill me. <laughs> reading is the devil's work. Reading's the devil's job. <laughs> you know what the devil reads is us. That's why I don't read, brother. Fuck, brother. <laughs> now lead me in the direction of the football field. Uh, <laughs> one thing this film does leave out is just how many Germans were involved in the Manhattan Project. <laughs> they uh, they didn't really want to show all that. No Germans Operation. here. Paper clip. That's right. They also had an issue. That's going to be the jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I wish I had some reason to talk about that. Maybe there's a movie out there about that. (laughs) This is just my excuse to talk about the nuclear bomb. I mean, to be honest, like, let's be honest here. We're all lovers of the bomb here on Film History. I mean, that's what it was called when we brought the Nazis over. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. No, I mean, there's. I'm I'm wondering if there's a movie about that that I could watch and just do the episode on that. 
want to say that there is like one made in like the 90s. We're going to find an excuse to slip slowly into Dan Carlin territory. Who? Who? He's he's, he's from Hard History? Tell you what, man. Watch, listen, put earbuds in and listen to Dan Carlin while you watch the first 48. (laughs) Okay. And he'll be talking about like World War I and you'll be seeing What's Dan Carlin's show? Hard History? Hardcore History, baby. Is it Hardcore History? Yeah. He keeps sending us cease and desist and I'm just ignoring them. (laughs) The beginning of the end also had an issue because at the time of this production, there was a legal requirement that permission had to be obtained from well-known living public figures to be depicted on film. And a lot of the scientists on the Manhattan Project, especially the German ones, did not want any part of this shit. Oh. They, they were they were like, we just kind of don't want to be talked about anymore. Right, you know? yeah. Um, like, oh, you call it a bad time. I would just put the gun in my mouth. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, look, you, uh, you want to atone for your sins? <laughs> Let us show you, brother. Uh, several prominent scientists refused permission, including Niels Bohr. Bohr. Niels Bohr. Oh, Niels Bohr. Yeah, that's right. He was like one of the main ones. They they really got fucked with that. Bohr's one. law. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. When he dropped out, they were like, "Oh shit!" There goes a lot of the script. <laughs> uh, Sir James Chadwick and Lise Meitner. They all stepped out, and yeah, this unfortunately gave the film the appearance the Manhattan Project was more all American than it really was. And there were a few actors who bowed away from this one, too. There were a few people who would not fucking touch this. Uh, Agnes Moorhead, huge movie star at the time. Well, with a name like that. <laughs> what, is she Ronald Reagan's wife? Oh, Nancy Reagan. I heard about the blowjob. Yeah, she's, she's the goat queen. She's yeah, a throat, throat goat. goat. She's a throat goat, yeah. Sure. Um, the TG. Mm-hmm. T- you can't spell Nancy Reagan without TG. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't learn letters. <laughs> Agnes Moorhead filmed a bit as a German scientist, but it was cut after the producers couldn't get clearance from the actual scientist. And Lionel Barrymore was originally stated to uh, slated to play President FDR, but withdrew after objections from FDR's family because the actor had supported Thomas E. Dewey for president in 1944. They were like, that dude's not fucking playing FDR. He didn't even vote for his ass, you know? Fuck that guy. bullshit reason to drop out? (laughs) No, man. I'm gonna like you to portray you. Yeah, well, FDR's probably helping pay for this shit, (laughs) so, you know? We probably don't know it, but his Swiss (laughs) bank account out there is, you know, he's the money man. Bring in Timothy Chalamet, because I got the money. Yeah, who's Timothy Chalamet playing? He's playing all all these guys. Timothy Chalamet plays Einstein? Yeah, Timothy Chalamet plays the tip of the nuclear bomb. (laughs) (laughs) You can see his face at the very tip of it. They used his likeness. AI AI painted his face on the tip of the bomb, and he got credited for it. Uh, (laughs) And there were were a few things that uh, were sort of changed in the story, and we'll get into why. I'm sure you guys have probably already fucking guessed why they would change the real story of the Manhattan Project. Uh, But as the project progresses, the filmmakers delve into the personal lives and struggles of the characters, highlighting their doubts, fears, and the weight of responsibility they bear. Uh, The film also touches upon the political pressures faced by the scientists, as well as the race against time to beat the Nazis and developing the bomb. And that's all I'm going to give you. It's Oppenheimer. It's Oppenheimer, yes. (laughs) It is the race to bomb each other. Uh, It's the Manhattan Project. and But it is... I mean, I will say about this film, it was very, like... I don't know. I, it was very interesting to me. It was very aware, but also they did have clearly like this agenda. 
but it was very aware like that was so Oppenheimer's heavily inspired by a book yeah I don't remember the name of it was the, do you know what I'm talking about no I don't actually okay huh like because I'm wondering when that book was written I wonder yeah. if this movie's Ooh. also based off that book that's or a movie if, yeah. and a novel so American Prometheus is the book oh yeah 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 I've heard of this book do you know how Nolan came to be aware of this book no okay okay so no it was written in 2006 oh okay so this this, this movie predates it but at the tenant rap party, uh, Robert Pattinson gifted Christopher Nolan this book. What? And he said, hey, man, I just read this book. I think you'd really like it. Nolan read it, and then he decided, I'm going to do my next movie on Oppenheimer. Holy shit, man. Yeah, That's so, we, so crazy. You can thank Robert Pattinson for Oppenheimer. Dude, it's crazy that it's happening, too. I got a thing in the works that's sort of Oppenheimer-esque. <laughs> it must just be in the air, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my suicide. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm going to blow myself up in Japan. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet's face is going to drop on me. So, yeah, I'm not going to give you a play-by-play here, mainly because I don't want to spoil Oppenheimer for Drake. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and I actually want you guys to go watch this. Like, either before or after mm. Oppenheimer, they have a part with a bomb. Very impressive, and I read that they did it with, like, practical effects with miniatures and smoke and think? lights and no i know i know i know but like it was very cool looking what well, else would they have done it with the well, ufos i don't know honestly because we're gonna get into it but this thing was we're gonna get into it but it's on youtube definitely go watch it uh it depicts the intense and momentous nature of the test and its implications for the future of warfare however it also presents the sobering reality of the destruction destructive potential of the bomb and the moral dilemmas faced by the scientists who created it. So let's get into the making of this thing. You know, that's always what we do. Mm -hmm. we'll cover a movie. Now we're going to get into the production of this thing. And if you want to hear all the things that you didn't hear in the episode... <laughs> I love hearing things that I never heard before, and we have so much of that. We recorded this episode for like four hours, but then... Obviously, uh, we need to cut out super off-topic stuff. Like, if you're listening to Humphrey Bogart, you don't want a 30-minute tirade about Ezra Miller. Right. Or maybe you do, and now you can hear it. That's the right. Ezra Miller arc is one of the best underrated arcs I've ever even experienced. Yes. So, that plus uh, fun tidbits, mm -hmm. plus um, bonus episodes. I did a three-part episode on the history of musicals. That's yeah, right. we got some legacy content, like some old uh, game history episodes and... Uh, history of everything like dev was saying but uh, if you want those shows to come back the quickest way to make that happen is to subscribe because yeah. the more subscribers we get the more content we can make and then we can quit our fucking jobs and make it this yeah you know i'd love to quit being unemployed me too that's the job i would like to resign from <laughs> listen we're and turning down deals from studios and networks left and right the best way you can support the show is by subscribing to our Patreon. if you don't want us to sell to disney yeah. subscribe to our patreon and our fun tidbits by the way are videos yeah. which is like audio for your eyeballs which is a crazy new technology crazy new technology you yeah. can see our mugs and uh fight club style we put little blips of uh naked photos of us mm -hmm. in the video one frame one yeah, frame one frame Boop. tasteful frontal that's right yeah. if you can find the frame dm us <laughs> it's only five dollars a month but if you don't have the capacity to subscribe right now you can also just uh, give us like single donations which every little bit helps so uh but if not you know no worries 
No pressure. But we don't want to sell to Disney. No so. pressure. But there is pressure because we can't pay our rents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please. We're gonna be doing this we're gonna be doing this on the street. Actually, this is a begging plea. <laughs> please help please donate to yeah, our audio our audio seven seven children. Our audio is gonna be so echoey under that bridge. <laughs> so we're gonna yeah. be recording this in a box. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go back. All right. But check us out on Patreon at Film History. The, the History of Film. Now back to the episode. So uh, for those of you who are total history buffs and mathematician, 1947 was two years after 1945. Uh, Damn. <laughs> Damn. For those of you who really know those numbers. Damn. Somebody um, sat a little too close to the microwave. <laughs> $30,000 microwave? You better believe I'm sitting next to that. I'm sitting on that thing because it's also my couch and my home because I can't afford anything else. Uh, I live in the microwave. This was two years after the bombs were dropped. And the debate had really heated up about uh, maybe you know should should we have done that? Uh, <laughs> people were people were really talking now about like oh boy did we do too much? You know was that a little too much? Shoulda coulda woulda yeah uh, stop living in the past. That's basically that's basically <laughs> it, man. It did not matter. Like we did do that, uh, so let's move on. You know, <laughs> but people were really questioning this decision. One person in particular who was very interested in this topic was a huge movie star at the time named Donna Reed. Now, you might remember that name because she was Jimmy Stewart's love interest in It's a Wonderful Life. Remember, oh, when, yeah. remember when we talked about the really cheerful suicide movie for Christmas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Our whole Christmas turned out to be like suicide movies, but that's what Christmas movies are. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, they're movies about suicide. They're all really sad. They're always sad. I mean... The, the holiday itself is about death and <laughs> rebirth, right? Or, or no, no. That's the other one. Fuck Christmas. The holiday. I mean, <laughs> Christmas is about um, uh, slavery. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> Fat Man in the North Pole has an army of... Fun, actual <laughs> fun fact. He was just Willy Wonka. Did you know there's, <laughs> one, there's one town in China... <laughs> That only that makes like eighty five percent of the world's Christmas ornaments and decorations. Holy shit! I believe it. The Christmas China. lights. I believe so, it. And <laughs> some of some of the factory workers wear Santa hats. <laughs> so like you imagine communist factory where they're just slave labor to make these, you know, bells and whistles and things of joy. <laughs> the form well, a fat guy wears red. <laughs> There's an actual North Pole. That's what it's all based on. That's oh. and I mean, if you think about it, that's where Coca-Cola based all the. The North Pole was yeah. just created as an analogy for North Korea. <laughs> the North Pole, the most North Pole. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. One person in particular who was very interested in this topic was the big movie star and science enthusiast Donna Reed. Uh, oh, yeah, I said that already. When the bombs dropped in 45, a year before It's a Wonderful Life came out, Donna Reed was 24 years old, and she was making it in Hollywood, baby. Uh, she was married to this, like, juiced-up producer named Tony Owens. And like I said, she was like a bit of a science nerd. Uh, she had been inspired by her high school science teacher. She would talk about it in interviews and stuff, about how, like, she, she very much loved the sciences, and she had this great teacher in high school, so she had this teacher, Edward R. Tompkins. 
Edward had also been moving his way up in the world while she was becoming a movie star. When the war broke out, he got called upon to be the chemist at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, the site that was chosen for the X-10 graphite reactor used to produce plutonium from natural uranium for the Manhattan Project. <laughs> so he went, wow. from, he went from high school chemistry teacher to fucking the Manhattan Project. I don't know if I, I don't know if I trust that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what did you do before this? Man, <laughs> he was a Nazi. We need America's best. <laughs> He's like, what did you do before this? Man, I inappropriately hit on volleyball players. That's, <laughs> dude, this is the premise of a sitcom comedy. Like, we need America's best. We're assembling Einstein, Fermi, and all these heavy hitters, Oppenheimer, and the high school science teacher? <laughs> oh, kids, I'm going to come in there and Be you know, cheer up the Manhattan Project. We're going to make it a, a, you know, it's like school, diorama it's about like schoolhouse, it. It's like a fucking uh, uh, Jack Black movie about rocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, schoolhouse I didn't trust that rock. guy it's, it's not schoolhouse rock. I didn't trust that guy, man. But you can do that with rock and roll. You can't do that with science. Hey, bro, atom bombs are pretty rock and roll, dude. <laughs> it's just Jack Black. I got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> atom bombs are pretty rock. School of Rock, that was it. Schoolhouse School Rock, rock. is the animated thing yeah. where you learn what I'm bills just are. A bill. Yeah, yeah. On Capitol Hill, I guess I should take the genocides my... in the, <laughs> in the, in the Sudan. Yeah. In the Sudan, <laughs> we bombed that Vietnam when we told nobody we did. Uh, <laughs> Armed insurrections wherever I go. We destabilize governments wherever we go. But we're the best at it. <laughs> we are the best. We are the goats at destabilization. Goats, baby. If you need to be destabilized, call 1 800 Uncle Sam. Whatever we do, we're number one in whatever category. Number one, baby. <laughs> so Donna Reed writes this letter. To her science teacher, you know, she's seeing all the newspapers, she's seeing his name all over the place, he was part of the Manhattan Project. This was a big fucking deal. Like, her favorite high school teacher had dropped the bomb on all these fuckers, you know. This also uh, sounds like the <laughs> origins of Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get a bunch of oil drillers, so <laughs> yeah, dude. save us from this asteroid. We gotta create a team. It's Fast and Furious. It's, the, it's, it's how, it, you know, it's how everything works. We're family. Family. That's right. Donna Reed wrote that the beginning of the letter to her old science teacher was family. You can't beat family. That's and then all it, it said. It was, it was, uh, it, she wrote a note and she put it in a Corona bottle that was still full of Corona, you know, and shipped it to him so he could drink and read. Family. <laughs> so she wrote a note to the, she wrote a letter to this guy. And she was like, hey, man, like, how cool is it that you help, like, blow up all those people, you know? And, uh, <laughs> And Eddie wrote back and was like, right? Like, fuckers didn't even see it coming, baby, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was like, hey, you're in the movies. You know, somebody should make a movie about our big blowy-uppy thing that we just made. Like, somebody should make that into a movie. You know, that's a movie. So Donna looked at her producer husband, Tony, and they were like, that's a movie. You know, It's kind of refreshing to hear that, like, because, like, I'm kind of exhausted by, like, a world event will happen, and then, like, three years later, there's a movie about it. I'm like, can you even give us a decade? Mm-hmm. 
It's refreshing to hear that we've always been super quick to oh, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. just wait. That's mm-hmm. a part of this as well. Yeah, yeah. There was like this a 9 11 movie, like within a decade. Absolutely. Right? Uh, it, it usually. Wasn't it the Nick Cage one where they're all like the firefighters and the heroes? Or I mean, some shit? people are writing the movie as it's happening. I think people were falling out of the, the tower and they were writing in a notebook, like a script mm-hmm. idea that's, for what was happening. That's a you know. bit much, but all right. <laughs> They started writing it before it happened. (laughs) Well, they wrote it for, they were writing it specifically for Nicolas Cage to star in it. So, you know. I want to be falling (laughs) out of the tower. (laughs) There's a script agent at the bottom of it, catching scripts. Uh, (laughs) That's a movie. And there was this guy in their social circle (laughs) named Bob Considine. And Bob was this war journalist, right? He had broken into the industry with a biography on General MacArthur. He was a beast. He was a badass. He wrote, like, these epic biographies. Uh, He wrote a book called 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, and it is an account of Lieutenant Colonel James Doolittle's 1942 air raid on Japan that was released the following year, and it was just this fucking bestseller. You know, this dude became huge hot shit. That's why he's hanging out with Donna Reed. You know, he's this, like, famous war book guy. As all famous war book guys as do. As all famous war book guys do. Historically, war he's book young, guys He's young, he's handsome, always, uh, you know, he's swarthy, he's mm-hmm. grizzled, he's been in the shit, and he's interviewed the, the top people, mm-hmm. and now he's a rich book guy, you mm-hmm. know. He's, he's yeah, I'd fuck the, the J.K. Rowling of bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Of man. bomb books. You know, J.K. Rowling was in the trenches. Yeah, the J.K. Rowling of bomb books. That's right, a bunch and uh, so this oddly assorted dinner crew, you know, you got the you got the high school science teacher, you got Bob over here. They get to work on writing this this treatment, you know. <clears throat> they got Bob to write it, and Donna is under contract at MGM. So Bob basically just writes this treatment, like he does, like he does his war correspondent shit. He just writes this treatment for this possible film based on the Manhattan Project, uh, you know bringing to light what really happened. The country is going through this thing right now where we're really questioning what we just did. <laughs> like we're really uh, kind of feeling bad about like this a, one. Like post-not clarity. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, yes. really, I really wanted to bust that bomb, and now I don't know if that was a good idea. <laughs> it's one of those scenes in a movie where a guy beats a guy to death, and he's like, oh, no, what have I done? Yeah. You know, we're looking at our bloody knuckles, and mm-hmm. we're thinking, maybe we lost our cool there. <laughs> <you know? laughs> maybe this was a little much. This might have been a little much. They were trying to pull me off of him, and I wouldn't go. You know? Yeah, I was... <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I was just so excited to bomb those fuckers. This whole new bomb. What am I going to not drop <laughs> whole it? whole new bomb. So that's what Aladdin was really about. So, uh, well, it just so happened around that time, the War Department, more specifically, though, the Armed Forces Special Weapons Project, or the AFSWP, that was created to document the work of the Manhattan Project, they were shopping around Hollywood. Uh, they wanted to produce a movie that would tell the story of the bomb and clear up some of these nasty rumors about us, you know. <laughs> it's uh let's clear the air here. Let's 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 make something and tell the public mm-hmm. there was we needed we had to do. What it. if we had a militainment thing? 
that comes. We're getting back into militainment, baby. We're we're coming back into militainment more than Bill Clinton did on Monica Lewinsky's dress, buddy. It's all related. Fuck, brother. All oh, he didn't come on the dress. It's all yeah. <laughs> Watch the show, man. He had weird sex. Blowjobs only. Wouldn't come usually. Really? Yeah. He had to. He would go somewhere else to go come. Yeah, Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. I'm a fan of this show. That might be the best joke I've heard in a long time. I'm a fan of this show. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking true. And if that sounds like a huge coincidence, (laughs) if that sounds like a huge coincidence about them, you know, like them shopping around at the same time, it's it's not really that much of a coincidence. Like you said, anything, anytime something historic happens, you can bet your ass this town is a fucking ant bed of writers trying to be the first one to get the treatment to the studio, you know? Like, (laughs) I'm telling you, man, like, like the bomb was going off and they were, like, writing. They were, like, you know, punching out typewriters, watching the nuclear cloud. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Ocean Gate movie is coming in like two weeks. You know, the sub movie, they're already down there filming it. Tom Cruise is the lead, you know. Sarah <laughs> yeah, cast Robert Downey Jr., Tom Cruise. <laughs> they cast Neil deGrasse Tyson, Robert Downey Jr., and Tom Hanks. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> they're sending them all. They're going to actually implode them. It was directed by James Cameron, of course, you know. But essentially, with the amount of patriotism in the country at this time, America wanted to believe that uh, we had to drop those bombs. Of course. You know, yeah, that was, uh, we, we had to believe we that. We need to make anime. We ne- it was. <laughs> anime is not going to happen unless we do this. It was payback for Pearl Harbor. It was tit for tat. That's really what it was. It was tit for tat, and also, it was. It was also was like a. Hey, we got, we got a big dick now. Yeah, Nobody, the Nazis, we were pretty sure, that, we were like pretty sure that the Nazis had already finished theirs, and we were terrified mm-hmm. that at any fucking moment we're going to yeah. be sent back mm-hmm. to the Stone Age, mm-hmm. and so we were like, we got to fucking get this thing out now, and we got to use but it. Then, but then the, the Eastern Front finished, yeah. and they were like, well, we still want to use we're, it. We're, yeah. still, we're still making it. We're still making we're it. We're in the process of yeah. making it. They were like, look, I know this is going to suck now, but in like... 80 years, we're going to have One Piece. That, like, trust. Goes, <laughs> we're going to have one. Like, we're going to have the best video games that have come like, out. Like, Dragon Ball Z is going to slap. It's going to be worth it. Like, it's going to be so worth it. <laughs> this is AI. AI is the revenge. And you know? let me remind everybody here that the only reasons the Russians had the bomb is because they stole it from us. Yeah. yeah. They didn't think of this shit on their own with their own scientists. They don't Nobody talk about else that said, in the movie. You know who figured it out? America. America, <laughs> damn it. We figured it we out. We love sploding. We love sploding. We need a reason to do it. But afterwards, we want to make sure that it was a good reason. We feel a little bit bad now. But now we don't because this movie just came out and we'll, it told us it's all right. We'll figure the reason out later. Yeah, we'll figure out. The, we, we like to ask questions later. We like to do it and then say sorry. Drop you know? it now and we'll figure out the other parts of it eventually. You know? That's basically it. Um, well, the, I think I haven't seen it, obviously, but I think Oppenheimer's more about the test than the bombs. Yeah, yeah. this one. So I was like, I'd be surprised, surprised if Nolan just fucking nukes a hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand Japanese they do, citizens. They do in this CGI. movie. Spoiler alert: They do in this movie. In the beginning or the end, they go all the way. They you you follow with it from miniatures? the beginning. Yeah, miniatures and shit, but it's really well done. Like re- it, uh, miniatures mixed with, so you know they're presenting it as that like docu thing. 
So a lot of it, it is real like footage. It looks like a good quality yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. With iron, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so the War Department also was also like, made Godzilla born out of military. Th- these nukes. Yeah, but you couldn't talk about it because the military was paying for the movie. And what Godzilla? Yeah, they didn't want in Japan. Yeah, they didn't want us to mention nukes and Godzilla because it was paid for by militainment. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, don't talk about the nukes. The nukes but don't do that. Like, the whole they premise help of Godzilla is that like <laughs> he it's They're a helping. mutated like right dinosaur yeah. or lizard from nuclear. Well, yeah, originally bombs originally it was from it bikini was, atoll, right? Yeah, really, I mean the I think uh, what James is referring to is like the the American adaptation of Godzilla, right? Like cuz the Japanese or origin of Godzilla has always been based off nuclear right. energy, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Japanese was the first. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so had we not dropped the bombs, they wouldn't have Godzilla. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't think True. we. I don't think we have anime. Like, <laughs> like it changed the culture yeah. of Japan significantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we we have Dragon Ball Z because people got nuked. We also fucked them up because now there's like vending machines with panties and shit. And yeah. Like yeah. We, we weird sh- game shows. We like shifted super- the culture. Yeah. 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 Was it worth it? That's yeah, that's not for me to decide. No, I can decide. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was just fine. <laughs> just fine. As he eats nuts, I think it's just fine. He like smokes a cigar. <laughs> hey man, look, watch the movie because I mean that's part of it. You know, when you watch it, it's like shit. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Poke you know? the bear, you could get the smoke, motherfucker. <laughs> you get the smoke. Don't I don't want to live in a world without Naruto. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't slap me in the face. I'll drop a bomb on you. Uh, <laughs> drop I'm gonna get my Naruto on one way or the other, brother. <laughs> so we may or may not start a fight, but we will end it. <laughs> Drake with an editor's note here. I want to be very clear that I don't think it was a good thing that we dropped a bomb on Japan at, because we got anime as a result. I cut a lot of jokes on here that I don't think Land is intended. A lot of times. We make uh, kind of risque jokes in a more satirical manner, and I think usually it's pretty easy to tell that we are not being serious or that we are making fun of people who think that way or that we are like uh, intentionally uh, playing the other side for comedic effect. Uh, but I, I, this one, I, I listened to it back a couple times, and I wasn't sure if it came across. So I just want to be very clear. I do not think that dropping a nuclear bomb was worth it for anime. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to cut that joke entirely, though, because I do think it's interesting how the effects of nuclear bomb so significantly impacted Japanese culture, and so much of what we know as Japanese culture now is a direct result of a country coping with being the only country ever nuked in a war. Um, and uh, there is a direct correlation, um, but I, I don't, uh, I don't want to come across as I'm like, oh yeah, no, millions of people dying was totally worth it because now I get Naruto. Uh, that's, that's, I'm saying it satirically. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not going to do an editor's note for every kind of out there joke, but this one just like, I was like, I said so many times and like I said, so matter of fact, I was like, I don't know if it come, comes across as the way I'm intending. Anyway, back to the programming. So the war department shopping around, they know if they like tell their side of the story, you know, uh, America just needs that little push. They, they, they want to think this was good. We're going to just feed it to them 
you know, we're going to push them over the edge and give them a, mo- a movie uh, that shows it's all good, man. Don't feel bad about we it. We say do it. millions yes. of American soldiers' lives. A year, uh, we cut the war by a year, and it was hundreds of thousands of soldiers that were saved by that. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. That all came up. So the War Department shopping they around for that. They quit anyways. You see how resilient they are? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the War Department shopping around by that for that, and uh, MGM was like, uh, "Hey, we can do that. <laughs> we got we got you on that, bud. Let's fucking do it." And then MGM turned to the other side of the office and was like, "Hey, Donna Reed, that treatment you sent us with your high school fucking chemistry teacher, actually, we will buy that off of you." Uh, the War Department is looking for a movie about the Manhattan Project, so we're gonna take. I don't exactly know what that treatment was. I would imagine that the treatment was based more on the teacher. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that that war correspondent wanted to write a, a tale about that guy. Mm-hmm. And basically MGM and the War Department bought it and was like, no, we're going to tell the Manhattan Project. Right, you yeah. know, the whole fucking... Did that guy get written out of the movie entirely? It. No, I think he was... No, oh, yeah, he did. Actually. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was a, he was an extra by the time <laughs> this shit was done. You know, he so was like, an AI-generated background. <laughs> this is my thought. Like, at that point, why even buy it? Why just write a, a thing? Yeah, you don't know yeah. it. You don't know it. Well, maybe you just need a, you need a first-hand account. Maybe like that was like the first-hand account that they're like, this is enough grain. We just need a grain of truth that we can like build this off of. Because if we just do it on our own, it's gonna be too inaccurate. Or yeah. documentary style. Yeah, and uh, exactly, and especially doing a documentary style, which honestly I thought would be kind of gangbusters, but at first people were a little hesitant of it. They were like, "What the fuck is this?" It was like because a- they're so they spent the past like five years being fed propaganda. <laughs> yeah, war this films. is like I don't want to go watch a movie that propaganda is the shit everywhere. that we had to watch. Yeah. It'd be like you yeah. know, like pandemic movies, dude. Uh, I don't want to watch a fucking Corona movie right no, now. No, yeah. not at all. Never, yeah. never. Not even during. It. No. Yeah. So it's never. like yeah, <laughs> not. Before, after, or in the middle. <laughs> At 50 years, I'll watch a COVID-19 movie. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it's going to be boring. Night. Nothing happened. Yeah. And with this, MGM became the studio that was going to do the Manhattan Project movie with the military. And this made them, like, the biggest fucking game in town when it came to the Manhattan Project. That military backing is what gave them, like, they are, they're Oppenheimer now. Like, they're making Oppenheimer, you know? And... As you, as we were talking about, as soon as that fucking bomb dropped, all these motherfuckers went to the studios trying to sell their treatments about this thing. So there were already a lot of lures in the lake, you know. Uh, Paramount, 20th Century Fox. It had been a fucking race to develop their own Manhattan Project movies, but they did not get this deal. Somehow they fucking let That's it slip away. So funny. I mean, there was a race to develop the bomb, and then there was a race to develop the yes, bomb movie. Yes, the movie about the bomb. We are, we're a fucked up town, my friend. <laughs> Paramount's Hal B. Wallace was already working working on his own version. He's already filming this thing, and it is titled Top Secret. But uh, the military came along, teamed up with MGM, and went to Paramount and was like, "Hey, bud, you want to not make this movie anymore?" And he's like, well, shit, man, I guess not. You know, you're probably going to bomb me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically, they were just like, look, we're ma- we're making a movie. The movie that you're making, we're going to bomb you. You know, it, it's going to be a whole thing. If you want to live, just don't make this movie anymore. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so <laughs> Bombing was too extravagant. They yeah. Just <laughs> they drop a nuke on his set. Didn't umbrella gun. <laughs> <laughs> Blow dart. 
But uh, so he agreed to merge his project with MGM's and hand over his story and research that he had already done, offering to serve as an advisor on the MGM treatment in return for a fixed fee and a percentage of the box office gross. So he sold out, man. He's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> You're the, you were the bigger stack here at this poker table, you know. And that guy has a big gun, so you can have it, buddy. So combining forces, MGM and the AFSWP scratched together $2 million for the budget through the old inflation calculator that's around $24 million. That's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. What was Oppenheimer? Got to be 300 mil. I'll check. I would imagine 300 mil. But Matt Damon's 20 No, mil. I think it's like a probably going to be like 150. Yeah. Yeah, it's not 300. There's no, there's no CGI. That's true. It's all real uh, atom yeah. bombs. No, no. <laughs> yeah. They built the largest bomb ever. Not for the military, for a movie. For a movie. How much bigger was this bomb more than the Mo- the Moab? Another <laughs> bomb. It it was something like that's true. Eight times larger or some God shit like almighty, that. Man. Oh, the budget was a hundred million. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. That makes it's not sense. An expensive movie to make. And uh, we all know now that we have done. Uh, now that we've done the Militainment episode, you know that was uh, that was the money going in. You got that two million dollars, but also you would get the access to all of this fucking military equipment and. You would get into places that you couldn't get in without their clearance. And so this was like a full... I'm, we should have talked about this on the Militainment episode. <laughs> like, this was this was literally just a propaganda film made by the military. You know, by MGM. Yeah, I mean, MGM was like yeah. a mercenary at this point. Yeah. <laughs> really so lot, some people are mad. <laughs> yeah, some people are angry about this bomb. We gotta, we, we gotta make them be not angry about it. We gotta <laughs> show them how cool the bomb is. Yeah, did you see what those Japanese were wearing? They had it coming, all right? You know? Uh, <laughs> Look how hot these scientists Look are. Look at how hot the anime girls are now. You know. <laughs> Look at how hot. The, Look at how hot this J. Edgar Grove or whatever his name is. <laughs> Don't you want to fuck Oppenheimer? <laughs> <laughs> Tell that man he can't drop a bomb. <laughs> Oppenheimer looks like uh, an actual worm turned into a human being. Don't you want to fuck this guy, huh? Uh, <laughs> Played by Gillian Murphy. Hey. He's Irish or something. Uh, so this is uh, definitely a militainment episode. That was uh, the money coming in. But yeah, you got all this free access to shit, which was great for Frank Weed. Frank Wade, I think that's how he's, Weed, the guy who MGM tasked with developing the actual script. So he was this former U.S. Navy aviator and screenwriter because fucking they were all pilots. <laughs> We've talked about this uh, that on this show as well. These they guys were pilots. They were all just pilots, man. Everybody flew planes. Everybody in Hollywood, everyone who flew a plane in World War II was like, I don't know what it is. But I want to go to Hollywood. <laughs> I want to go do something over there. This wasn't reckless and narcissistic enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go be an actor. I haven't put my family through enough hell. I want to go to Hollywood. <laughs> so we teamed up with the producer from MGM, Dor Sherry, was this guy's name. And together, they extensively researched the subject matter, consulting with scientists and military personnel involved in the Manhattan Project. 
Uh, they even brought on Major General Leslie Groves himself as a consultant, along with Oppenheimer, and paid them ten thousand dollars each back in 1947 to be advisors on this movie. Which is through the old inflation calculator, that's 136 grand. <laughs> These dudes. These bomb boys, just, they were just winning, man. These Bro. guys never lost. Like, but also, heroes. you know that film company's like, the war veterans. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're heroes. They're heroes. They help, like, they help them for freedom. Yeah. yeah. It pays to bomb, It's subsidized hey. by the U.S. government anyway, so technically these are like tips. Uh, if Oppenheimer <laughs> learned anything. Like bonus. If Oppenheimer learned anything. I, I think Oppenheimer probably went home to his wife a few times and was like, this, this house right here? Yeah. It built on the bomb. Baby. I am become <laughs> rich, financer of <laughs> financer of yachts. <laughs> he came on to his wife and he says, "I am become rich, financer of your life." Okay, <laughs> built on bombs. This house, right? Oppenheimer, you know it's gonna <laughs> ease your thoughts and help you sleep at night. This brand new sort of mattress. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that bombs built, baby. <laughs> He's just like, he goes fucking Breaking Bad. He's like, I am the danger. I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. I am the one who bombs. bombs. <laughs> there we go. We were finding it. We had to find it. Okay, so, yeah. So, Ola, Ola. They bring him in. They bring in Major General Leslie Groves. They bring in Oppenheimer. They pay him a handsome salary. Leslie Groves gets played by basically 1947 Matt Damon. Dude's just winning all around. And uh, they developed Bob Constantine's script treatment into a script, and as per usual, MGM's army of writers, along with the War Department, developed this script. You know, funnily enough, Dev, <laughs> one of the writers who touched this script and wrote a few scenes was Ayn Rand in this movie. What? Yes. Isn't that fucking nuts? Ayn Rand. Her- what was she like? Everybody should have a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suspicious. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, yes, her contributions included the montage of Hitler's conquest. Of course. A sequence in which a dying informant sends a message to Albert Einstein and the sequence in which President FDR authorizes the Manhattan Project. Those were the scenes that she wrote for this movie. Ayn Rand helped write this movie. Everybody. That, that's like Marx's enemy. <laughs> He's yeah. a mortal enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. She uh she wrote some pages. It's crazy. <laughs> I, like, I don't like either of them, but I'd much rather lean to Ayn Rand yeah. than Karl yeah, yeah, Marx yeah. in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I don't like either of them, but I'd much rather read, <laughs> lean to Ayn Rand than Hitler. All right. Uh. <laughs> well, that too. I, any of them. That too. Boy, that, yeah. I would definitely. Oh. Say, Ma- Mein Kampf is, is very, very low, if not. Completely gone. Oh, this is such a boring book. It's just a hard read, you know. Just <laughs> and on trudge. today's top ten books. <laughs> you get a book. You get a book. Oprah's <laughs> Oprah's recommendation for that week is I is Iron Ran and Mind Comps. Coming in number ten, Mind Comps. It's a bit wordy. <laughs> It's like game ranks for books. Hard to follow. <laughs> hard, hard to follow. Uh, I didn't think he was that good at oil paintings. <laughs> <laughs> so the War Department and the White House review the script like they do and uh, both ask for changes. The Army had objected to a scene in which an Army major made a pass at a girl. That was cut. 
Remember, Millotainment. Right, yeah, there's rules. Millotainment, baby. There's no, rules. No, we're squeaky clean over here. That's right. You remember we went over the rules on that episode. Yeah. And it was all about, like, uh, don't show American soldiers killing each other, no treason, no fucking rape, no murder, there's no, no civilian There's no killing. way Oppenheimer followed the rules. I don't think that money, I don't think that movie had any military budget. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't think they need it, you know. Yeah. This one was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. bought and paid for. Bought yeah. and paid for by the military. Um, <clears throat> they objected to that scene. They uh, they felt this this was poor conduct for an officer. The motion picture censors asked for further cuts. Derogatory references to Mexicans were removed. Oh, that's kind of progressive. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh. thank you. As, uh, as Well, but, you know, you're working with the military. Can't be racist because we need those Mexicans to go to die for the country. <laughs> yeah. so, At least uh, they ain't the Japs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there any derogatory mentions of Japanese uh, people? Absolutely. Okay. No, but you there know what? Go. Not really. Okay. It, it wasn't actually super racist yeah. against Japanese. Okay. They just they said Japs a lot. Okay. But like it actually They could have said way worse shit. They could have said way worse yeah. shit. So the motion picture censors asked for further stuff. The the thing. Uh, as was an off-color joke about the effects of exposure to radioactive substances. Here was the joke. Is it true if you fool around with that stuff, you don't like girls anymore? <laughs> what? <laughs> Radiation turns you gay. The <gasps> atom bomb turns you gay. They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> It was literally, if you come in contact with the nuclear bomb, you turn gay. <laughs> you think everybody, hold on, I have a theory about this. I feel like everybody was looking around and being like, you know, now the war's over, there's a lot more gay people walking these streets. What? Why are all these gay people walking? Why is everybody gay now? And I'm sure it's because all the straight men died. So the ratio, the ratio of alive straight men and alive gay men. Our bombs gave them anime, and the war gave us West Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) There was no Abbey before the bomb, brother. Right, brother. The nukes turned us gay. The the Abbey was built after the nuclear bomb. Explain (laughs) that coincidence. Oh, by the way, his buddy, uh, his buddy said, "Not that I've noticed. <laughs> I still want to fuck, and uh, not men either. I don't want to fuck men, even after the bomb. I want to fuck uh, beautiful women. I mean, it'd be okay if and you like wanted boobies. to fuck men too. Or I both. like boobies <laughs> and nipples. Whatever you but want, but not man, man nipples." <laughs> I like booby nipples. They're just they're the same nipples. No, they're not. Men I, I like girl mouth. I don't like big throbbing dick. You know? But how do you know if you haven't tried? <laughs> I hate it when a man comes on his own stomach. Even after the bomb. I hate the taste of semen. <laughs> so I I guess you do know what it tastes like. I hate how much it hurts in my butt. That's why I don't like men. <laughs> I'm a fan of this show. I love this show. Uh, they also had a... <laughs> Big romp of butt sex? Is that where you're going with that? That's where we're going every episode with this. Um, <laughs> they also had a disagreement with them about uh, some politics. Uh, here's a joke for you that was in the movie that got cut by the political war machine of America. <laughs> by the woke military. We, yeah, yeah, by the woke fucking military, bunch of liberals. Uh, and they said, uh, they said, I got it. Hey, they're working in a factory, right? 
They said, uh, or not the factory, sorry, not the bomb factory. They're working on the Manhattan Project. I guess saying they're working in a factory kind of like belittles their work, their amazing work that saved us and solved the nuclear crisis. Uh, but, uh, but they made this joke about politics and said, hey, man, I got a confidential. We're making the front ends of horses. We ship them to Washington to hook onto the other end. Oh, okay. <laughs> horses, horses asses. asses. Yeah, that's, cut a, long, it. that's they, a long joke. Cut yeah. it. I think they cut that because this wasn't funny. If you put like, that <laughs> joke in this movie, that was probably great A humor back then. But that was just a very long setup. We have Oppenheimer on set. <laughs> if you put that joke in this movie, we're nuking the set. He's gonna turn you gay if his new device. <laughs> He's gonna device. turn all of you gay before you know it. Hollywood will have men who like men. Now that's and a you story. Don't want that. That's what. That's a, the goal they're originally going for. But they ended up as a byproduct, discovering that it also caused <laughs> destruction and radiation. Right. They're looking for a gay bomb to just make everybody in Tokyo. Dude, can you imagine if Hollywood had all these gay people in it? Uh, it would be, be pandemonium. That would be pandemonium. Uh, we couldn't take it, man. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to handle it. I asked would be able to handle that. Luckily, Hollywood is one hundred percent straight. One hundred percent. Never Absolutely. seen a gay man. Never Only, seen a gay man. Yeah. Never ever. And only missionary, mm-hmm. only missionary sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of Hollywood. That's mm-hmm. the law. Yep. I don't even know what type of sex that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did they call it? Well, they call it missionary because it was a religious thing. You had to. It's just man on top, just oh, uh, vanilla. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm teaching you what missionary is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being silly. Uh, I was I was playing along. I've never seen uh, a gay man. They're always behind never me. Never seen a gay man. There's no gay man. They're, they're only behind me. Never so made I can't it with him. a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there was this producer, which is interesting. She had a very interesting name. Samuel Marks was this producer's name. I don't know. I don't know. Her name was Samuel. Samuel. Her name was Sammy Marks, <laughs> and I don't know if she was related to Marks or if she was related to the Marks brothers. Or if she was related to uh, Karl Marx. I don't know. So Tony Owen and Samuel Marx uh, are producing this thing together. Mm -hmm. Tony Owen, not so much. Tony Owen is sort of like, you guys go do this thing. He's at the bar. He's at the bar. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I got my thanks credit. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, he does. He he just got a thanks credit. Okay. (laughs) He basically let these people, you know, run the thing. But they did go and meet with President Harry S. Truman to secure his approval for this film. They wanted to go to him personally. They're like, we got the whole military behind this thing. But, you know, the man who murdered the lot, we want to talk to you personally. You know, the man who really did the destruction. Mm-hmm. The man who pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. yeah. all those people are dead. The yes you know? man. The yes man. Uh-huh. The red, the button pusher. The button pusher. <laughs> we want to go to the button pusher himself. You know, it'd be like... If we yeah. wanted to talk to someone who like drone strikes weddings, mm-hmm. we'd want to talk to Obama exactly. himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. In the flesh, in person. Not just yeah. weddings. Right. Funerals and <laughs> birthdays too. Hey, I saw that movie with <laughs> Kevin Hart. Hey brother. It's a funeral if I'm involved. <laughs> uh, this was a wedding. <laughs> now it's a funeral. <laughs> Everything can be a funeral if you try hard enough. <laughs> Everything could be a funeral if you're on the other side of America. Uh, at their meeting, Truman is reported to have said, Gentlemen, make a motion picture. Tell the people of this nation that for them, it is the beginning or the end. 
thereby supplying the movie with its title, dude. That's the name of the movie. That's a movie. That's a movie. <laughs> That's right. Let the people know. Hell yeah. So, Dor Sherry, the MGM producer, he went to work on getting an accurate location for the shoot. Somewhere in the desert where they could cheat Los Alamos, New Mexico. They're like, setting up shop, baby. Let's go film this motherfucker. We got $2 million. We got the military. Uh, Harry Ass Truman just told us that he wants to fuck us after this movie is over in the back of the theater. Mm -hmm. We're good to go, baby. Let's fucking roll. Uh, they get all these hot-ass actors to play really ugly men. They get fucking, uh, you know, the the cameras together. They're whipping it up, man. And uh, they're looking for a place to go film this. They need a desert. Door Sherry's looking for it. And Major General Leslie Groves goes, uh, well, I don't know, man. Why don't we just go, like, film it there? It's still there. It's, like, two years old. <laughs> <laughs> we just built the thing. It's still... Just out there. Oh, yeah. you know. It'd be great if we got more use out of this. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's like kind of just sitting there rotting in the desert. Mm -hmm. Let's go fucking use it. Uh, I'll make a phone call, and we can just film there. So this fucking movie is filmed on the actual location where the Manhattan Project was developed. That's cool. And tested these bombs. That's it's filmed cool. on the testing How many... Facility. Stupid PAs walked into the radiation zone. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely they did. And I hope a they... few. Um, you got to think somebody on that shoot somewhere hey. did something because you don't up. know. You don't know. You don't get it. I, I don't even understand this radiation <laughs> the thing. The PA's got a Geiger counter on their fucking hip. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I was I, I heard radiation yesterday. That's when you just can hope that it makes you more, not less. Yeah, you know, radiation will either make you more mm -hmm. or less. And that's where blue eyes came from. That's right. That's where Spider Man came from. Mm -hmm. No, that was a spider bite. W wasn't it a radiated it was spider a radiated bite? Spider, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a radiated spider. Did he crawl through like radioactive goo? spider? Playing the Troubadour ex Saturday experiments. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm not a Spider-Man historian. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I only know the cliff notes. I, I, the true story of Spider-Man. I'll get down to it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think this war correspondent wrote about. It. I'll investigate uh, it. <laughs> that's when, uh, yeah. So they were like, let's go, let's fucking go, let's go to the facilities. So they did. They headed to the testing facilities in Los Alamos, where they actually set off these fucking nukes back in the day, two years before that. And principal photography for this thing. For the beginning or the end began on April 29th, 1946, continued until July 25th, uh, 1946. So it took up a whole year? Or wait. 40, 48, you mean? Began on April 29th, 1946. Oh, yeah, it must have been. Oh, no, wait, April, August? No, because it can't, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 April okay, to yeah. August. Okay, cool, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. okay. April August. Yeah, because, you know, they would churn these bitches out. Uh, the film incorporated actual, just like they did bombs. The film incorporated actual laboratory sets and equipment used during the actual fucking project. That's really cool. Adding an air of authenticity to the production. Um, Any way a producer can save money, money in the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That's militainment, baby. <laughs> we filmed this for a nickel. Yo, is that plunger radioactive? Just a little bit? Get it over here. Get it over here. Bring in the money, man. Bring in Timothy Chalamet with the plunger. Uh, it's extremely cool to watch, though. <laughs> You're seeing, like, in the, in the development of the bomb, uh, that is one part of the movie where they can't uh, add any sort of agenda to, you know. The development of the bomb is just the true development of the bomb, which is very cool to watch. I mean, it's, it's probably way abridged, I'm sure. There's, mm -hmm. like, Eureka, we found it moments all the time. Mm -hmm. But 
it's interesting to watch, and you're watching these dudes do it, <laughs> recreate it in the. What? <laughs> I'm just imagining the Hollywoodification of it. It's yeah. like. And these uh, these guys like they've got like um no shirt a lab coat they've like ripped with abs yes and they're just like pouring they're pouring <laughs> potions so that they can flex and then they just like I think I found an idea <laughs> he's pouring the potions on his chest yeah it's like dripping down into a beaker he's like by God I've got it that sounds like the uh, the movie that uh, Dennis and Mac wrote <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he's like and he should. Smell crime. Yeah, man. His his his. Charlie genes. Mac wrote it, and then they brought it to Dennis, and then he was like, "You gotta have sex and girls with big breasts and big breasts. penetration." The the, the scientist the scientist genes under his lab coat ride really low, right? And his pubes make a mushroom cloud. You know, like his his. <laughs> so he's got a bomb in his pants. He's got a bomb in his pants. <laughs> I was getting blown, and I had an epiphany. What if we blew? <laughs> Like, Meanwhile, like <laughs> he's playing Chris Christie, who's standing over a, on the side of the camera, yeah. you know. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the true story." This That's what it really was. was. Cop and I was just a cuck. He just want to watch. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Was like, Somebody else fucks his baby. It was like a penis kind of looks like a mushroom, and that gave me an idea <laughs> for a cloud. <laughs> I'm gonna make clouds in you, baby. Nuclear clouds. <laughs> I wonder if Truman went to him and was like. Yeah, but can you make the uh, can you make the cloud look like a dick? Because I really want to show the world our dick. <laughs> hey man, look, clouds, rockets, they make all look like it penis. sexier. That's right. Hey, we want to see the sex in this thing. Make it hot. <laughs> Trust me, that's that's why we're all going to see Oppenheimer. The bomb is sexy. Let's be honest. A nuclear oh. bomb is sexy. It, there's something sexy about it, man. There's something sexy about that radiation poisoning. There's a, the radiation poisoning is sexy. That mm. is one of the sexy parts. This shit can melt you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. fucking hot. It's dangerous. Literally hot. Mm -hmm. Dangerous. Unless you're but, Indiana Jones in a lead-lined fridge. Exactly, <laughs> man. Which is also sexy. You know, it, there's just sex around this thing. I mean, sex mm -hmm. sells and the nuclear bomb. Sex is sells and bomb sells. Bomb two sell, rules of Hollywood: maybe. sex and bombs. Oppenheimer sold out. Yeah, two sold weeks. out. Two weeks. Hasn't even hasn't even it's it's been sold out for a month now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bombs or sex? I can't I can't find uh. can't find a ticket anywhere in this town. <laughs> bombs or sex? That's what we're saying here today on Film Industry of the History of Film. What have we said so far? Is any of this usable? No. So. uh... <laughs> <laughs> Where, where are we at? Where are we at? So, but as militainment goes, we? where are we? <laughs> when it comes to this show, where are we? As militainment goes, not everything was accurate. Uh, oh, oh, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Oh. An entirely fictional sequence was added in which Truman agonizes over whether or not to authorize this attack. Oh, you know? for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was like, I didn't think twice, bro. No, no, Truman was like, no, bro, they pretty much weren't even finished with the sentence yet, and I had pressed the red button. Like, when they came into the Oval Office, I had already pressed it. I just pressed it. And I knew what they, they were going to say. They told me what happened later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, they can I like, press it again? They were, they were like, like, actually, yes, you can. He's like, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Launch a few more. Do it. They Do had it. a third bomb ready to go, and they called it off. Man. I thought they only had two, and they postured that they had a third. No. No, they built they a three. third. Because yeah. that one, the what, the Death Core, is that what it was called? What was that thing called? It wasn't like more radioactive yeah, or something? Yeah, they tried to harbor this fucking bomb forever, and people wound up like dying, trying to like 
babysit a fucking nuclear bomb. <laughs> it's fucking really bad. Whoa. Uh, they sort of uh, do a fictional version of it in this movie, actually. Uh, they fictionalize the thing that would happen later on where this guy would fucking put his hand into, like, a nuclear pit. Oh, shit. Uh, trying to get some... It, he had accidentally dropped some chemicals in there that were going to fuck everything up, mm-hmm. and he just reached in bare hand and just, oh, like, God. pulled it out. And they were like... And then he melted for the next, like, 20 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And turned into a screamy goo. Like, Yo, dude. Like a <laughs> he turned yeah. into a squish. No, yeah. he's yeah. he turned into a toasty. Yeah. <laughs> a toasty Yo, squish? yeah, man. Dude, the imagery in Chernobyl haunts my nightmares. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, nobody, if you guys have not seen Chernobyl out there, go watch it. If you want to see people melt slowly for days... In the most agonizing, the most agonizing imagery way. possible. It yeah. haunts my nightmares that's what and that's that this movie this movie showed it in a way uh that that was another part of the militainment right uh-huh. like this guy gets exposed that probably honestly was the reason for this tale that they added in this fictional character mm-hmm. matt cochran he's a scientist there on the manhattan project uh he's got his sweetheart he's young and handsome they're newly married of course they're like the love interest in this movie and <clears throat> he winds up fucking dipping his hand into the radioactive shit. And the way that they depicted his death is probably the reason they wrote this in, because they do not depict him as uh, burning alive over the next 20 days and melting and screaming and, like, turning into goo. He was fine. He was He was not... <laughs> he was basically, like, dying of, like, a heroic, he, like... <laughs> oh, I was like, he grew a second dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. He went home and fucked his wife with two dicks that night. <laughs> no, he died like uh, the mask died. Like Jim Carrey died in the mask when he got shot. You know, he's like fucking like oh. he died very heroic. They want to make it look uh, like it's yeah. not that bad. Uh, uh, exactly, like radiation poisoning. It ain't that it ain't bad. That bad. Like you die heroically. Yeah, it's not that painful. Yeah, yeah. You know? and yeah. it's quick. They had him die in the same day, which uh, now we know. Uh, that ain't the way it happens. <laughs> that ain't the way it happens. Your DNA does not split immediately. It takes a long time. Put a bullet in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let it get Absolutely. that far. Absolutely. Um, Before <laughs> my skin starts to look like melted mozzarella cheese. <laughs> so, H.T. Winsel. It's like from I'm horrified, but I'm also hungry. <laughs> Your skin I looks like mozzarella. It. Yeah, I want to. It's like I want to go to the Rainbow Bar and Grill and get some, uh, some, uh, some cheese balls. You know? <laughs> H.T. Wenzel from the National Bureau of Standards, Tompkins, and W. Bradford Shank from the Los Angeles National Laboratory also acted as technical advisors. Relations between MGM and the scientists soon became soured as the scientists began asking for more accuracy, which required multiple script changes, and Tompkins eventually just resigned from the film. Uh, Oppenheimer sent David Hawkins a philosophy professor from the University of California to act as a mediator between uh, Samuel Marx and the scientists. The scientists are all pissed while they're mm-hmm. like advising for this movie. They're like, this is all bullshit. None of this is true. And uh, you remember, what was that thing? What were we talking about? I think it was Top Gun. It was Top Gun. <laughs> and that guy was like, we're making this. For oh yeah, the mom and pop in Kansas. The mom and pop in Kansas. Yeah. Yes, that was basically that's militainment. Like we're making this for the Midwest yokels. Yeah. Wow. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know nothing. I don't want none of that science shit around my movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More abs. More abs. 
And <laughs> if that guy can like drink some of the nuclear waste yeah, and yeah, spit yeah. it over his chest, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's what we're <laughs> yeah, looking for. Yeah, and then he yeah. grows muscles and chest hair, yeah, because of the nuclear stuff. I love it. Yeah. Okay. All and then right. His dick gets big. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Then we got a we got a thirty minute sex scene. That's right. Between him and the hottest nurse, and uh, that it was only thirty minutes because he's taking a break to go have a a, a Coca Cola with a cocaine. Nuka Cola. Yeah. Nuka Nuka Cola. <laughs> But he's gonna get back to fucking her right yeah, afterwards because yeah, yeah. like that nuclear waste made him. It's yeah. cocaine with a little something extra. <laughs> I want him fucking her while he's writing on the whiteboard. Yeah, he's smart too. Yeah, because the nuclear <laughs> made his brain smart and his dick big, you know, and his chest big too. We're making yeah. the Incredible Hulk now. Super, superhuman strength. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I actually right. scrapped the movie. We're just gonna we're just gonna yeah. do something else. Superhuman dick. Ma- magical powers. <laughs> When he gets angry, he gets real hard. (laughs) 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 What is this episode? This is an intermission for sure. Marilyn Monroe. And the overall message of this film is clear. These guys are sort of just nosediving into making this bomb uh, the whole way saying, like, should we do this? You know, we got to do this. Should we do it? We got to do it. Uh, Because, like, if if we don't, they will. And, hey, after we do the bomb thing, we can pivot into this nuclear energy. Like, that's they keep pushing that, Mm -hmm. too. Like, look, we got to use this shit for bad at first. Mm -hmm. But trust me, afterwards, we're going to make it good. You're going to have everything powered by nuclear power. Fusion, yes. pr- fission. Yep. It'll be in your car, in your home, in your microwave. Yeah, like going to propel us into the future. The um, the, the tagline for the movie is "fuck around, find out." Fuck around, find <laughs> out, and then don't imagine worry. a plane that never needs to refuel or land. Yeah, they basically say shit like that in the movie. They imagine, read... imagine a plane that unravels your DNA. <laughs> <laughs> imagine a plane that turns you gay. <laughs> Sign me up, brother. <laughs> Sign me. Sign me up, fuck, brother. <laughs> That's called a yeah. You start fucking everybody on board because you're about to die. So now it's time for this thing to come out. You know, it's it's time like a baby being born in Chernobyl. It's time for this thing to come out, whether we want it to or not. Uh, it premiered in Washington D.C. Of course, they premiered it for all the uh, the hubbubs and the hubbubaloos. On February 19th, 1947, with the national release of the film following on March 7th, 1947. And the critics had mixed reviews. While some praised its educational value in the efforts to portray the historical events accurately, others found fault with its overly patriotic and propagandistic tone. Dude, America was done with the shit. Like, they really were. Like, we were done with the bullshit by this point. We were like, we get it. You have fed us this shit forever. This feels like another one of those, you know, and uh, we know what's going on, you know. And it really was uh, an unsuccessful attempt to talk everyone into what we did was okay. Um, Don't get me wrong. A lot of people did. A lot of people. But again, it was one of those things where if you were already wondering whether or not it was okay, you could probably be pushed into thinking it was uh, or you had your mind made up already and the film didn't work on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those types of things. And the critics, these are Hollywood film critics. <laughs> these are 
all these people were like, fuck this movie, this is propaganda, still don't agree that we should have dropped the bomb, and this is just making it look Mm -hmm. like it was some big heroic action Mm -hmm. with a sweet romance story told in the midst of it, you know. Damn liberals. Not a single one of those scientists had abs in real life. Not a single one of them, because I fucked all of them. (laughs) Neither I, not of them did. Because, you know, liberals are gay. Because mm-hmm. they wasn't, they were nuked. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it. But don't get me wrong. This movie was way too sweet. It really was. And like I said, I, a little it was, cheesy, a little bubbly. It was cheesy. It was bubbly. The score was even at times cheesy and bubbly. Matt Cochran, I get it. They were like setting up this whole thing that would happen, but in the midst of it, it was like Johnny Appleseed and his fucking like rosy girlfriend, yeah. and you know. Uh, Matt Cockring. Strings and yeah, yeah, man. He was he Matt Cockring and his girlfriend. Matt Cockring. He mm-hmm. was giving her the old Cockring. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. was dropping the bomb on her every mm-hmm. night. Yeah, um, dropping loads. And it was it was dropping <laughs> loads, dude. And it was also it was overly like fucking. Uh, you know, we have to do this. Now, I don't mm. disagree. The scientists were probably saying that to themselves. I mean, Oppenheimer, Einstein, all of them mm. famously were sort of afterwards like, "Fuck, maybe we shouldn't have done that." Like, bro, um, I was on one. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, bro. I had not pooped in days. I was, yeah, I was so cranky. You know what? I was, I was grumpy. I was grumpy. Yeah, I hadn't eaten in a while. Mm-hmm. I got the blood sugar thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the blood sugar thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like, I, I just needed a Snickers. <laughs> if if they had just, if they had all eaten Snickers. Mm-hmm. At a Los Alamos, there'll be no bomb. Yeah, you know. So you're not you're not you when you're hungry. So the whole thing capable of mass death and destruction. <laughs> that should be the next Snickers Super Bowl commercial. It's the Manhattan Project being created because yeah, an Oppenheimer tie-in. Yeah, you, you're Oppenheimer. You're Killian Murphy, and they have a Snickers, and then you're Barbie. Like you're, you're Margot Robbie. <laughs> it's like you, you're not you when you're hungry. They flash to Japan. It's like totally different now. <laughs> There's no anime. No one's gay. <laughs> no one gay or just no way to <laughs> Take us back. Take us back. So, and whether or not it was a success is murky. This film, I don't know. When it came out, MGM claimed it was this huge success. Uh, but according to their accounting records, this movie was a fucking bigger bomb than the one we dropped on Hiroshima. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> according to their records, <laughs> remember that $2 million budget? Well, it resulted in a loss to MGM of $1.5 million. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Through the old inflation calculator, that is $21 million of the $24 million budget that was no lost. No one wanted to see this. No one wanted to see this. It really was. Uh, it became less prominent even. But again, according to MGM, it was big. And according to like a few charts at the time, it was like the biggest movie in the world. Well, you know, it was fucking- Okay. I mean, there might be some, there might be some tomfuckery here. Mm-hmm. Because like you know uh, the the budget's being floated by the military yeah. and like if it's a loss on paper like like if there's a lot of successful movies are losses on paper like Warner Brothers claims that fucking uh, Harry Potter five or the Phoenix lost money yeah. it's like no it didn't yeah exactly <laughs> I know for a fact it did not no. you know what I mean the- so it's like I, there might be some fuckery happening just so they can get like more of the budget covered by the military or They're something cooking the books yeah they're cooking the books brother some Hollywood accounting and that's action. right. <laughs> But public sentiment had evolved regarding the atomic bomb as more information became available about the devastating impact of nuclear weapons and the onset of the Cold War. Subsequent films and document documentaries began to explore the subject matter with greater depth. 
and nuance. Um, I have a thing here. I don't know if you guys want, if we got time, I have Matt Cochran's letter to his wife that he wrote before sure. he died. The, fic- no. the, the fic- fictitious Matt Cochran. Okay, so he wrote this in the movie? He wrote this in the movie before he he, he was died a heroically from died heroic from putting his hand from into grabbing a, radioactive waste yeah, yeah putting his hand into a nuclear goo mm-hmm. and he did not become mm-hmm. a, a teenage mutant ninja turtle mm-hmm. from drinking um, the goo yeah he became the goo yeah you know <laughs> if you put your hand in the goo you become the goo you know hell yeah <laughs> you either become less you or must more. be one with the goo <laughs> that's right you're going to become one with the goo <laughs> in 20 days uh, you're gonna become peace a, uh, and enlightenment is found <laughs> when you merge with the goo and become the goo. You become a you become a squishy as yeah. your skin turns to mozzarella. <laughs> you become a cheese ball. <laughs> you become one with the cheese ball. Matt Cochran's letter to his wife Anne reads: <clears throat> Starts off weird, dear mom, because she's pregnant. You and your secrets. It was nice of you to keep me from knowing about our baby so I wouldn't worry while I was in the Pacific. You should learn not to talk in your sleep. He'll be a fine boy, Anne. Gentle and kind and full of health. Please keep me from spoiling him. By the time you read this, Hiroshima will have told you why I went to the Pacific. I know you'll be shocked when you learn about the bomb. From the first, I've had my doubts whether man could ever learn to use the terrifying force for good instead of evil. The dark threat of future atomic war, which can destroy civilization unless men learn to live together. This struggle with myself has made me write this letter, which is the voice of my conscience. We stand now where the early savages stood, when they ceased running away from fire and began to use it well. If those primitives learn to use fire, we in an enlightened century can learn to use atomic energy constructively. God has not shown us a new way to destroy ourselves. Atomic energy is the hand he has extended to lift us from the ruins of war and lighten the burdens of peace. <laughs> Woo! Good writer. Good writer. This is Aaron Rand. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you and our boy will see the day when the atoms in a cup of water will heat and light your home. When the power on a pasteboard railroad ticket will drive trains across great continents. Kind of true. When the energy in a blade of grass will send planes to distant lands. We have found a path so filled with promise that when we walk down it, we will know that everything that went before the discovery of atomic energy was the dark ages. In the past, man has sought useless war, hunger, and pain has often been vile. Yet stubbornly, he has stumbled out of the chaos, lifted his eyes, and gone on to make a better world. Now, in the gravest hour of life on Earth, he has found the secret of the power of the universe. You, the giver of a new life, must know that what we've unleashed is not the end. With all my love, I tell you this, Shorty. He actually wrote that. (laughs) Yo, Shorty. Yo, Shorty, I tell you this with all my love. Men will learn to use this new knowledge well. They won't fail. For this is the timeless moment that gives us all a chance to prove that human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. 
Feels like it was written by a PR team. <laughs> like, yeah, a co- like a company PR team. PR yeah. team for God. Hell PR yeah. PR team for the clergy. Hell yeah, fuck, brother. That was some good writing right there. That was gay, good writing. Gay yeah. for God. Yeah, I'm here after that. That's a good fucking ad read for Nuka-Cola, the, <laughs> the only beverage brought to you by Atomic Dismemberment. Our freedom, it's, God, in America. <laughs> it should be the speech uh, beginning Fallout 6. You yeah, know, Jesus for sure. Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. If I knew how to read and write, I'd write something like that, you know, if I had learned. But it was gay to learn. Jesus. <laughs> It's gay to learn. It was gay to learn. Uh, that was the intermission, boys. That wow. was the movie. That was the beginning that or the end. That was a movie and a novel and a nice. scientist. Not nominated for any uh, Oscars? Nah. 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 Barely made any money. Yeah, barely <laughs> made any money. Apparently, they did wind up uh, uh, cutting even at some point, but also fucking, you know, this That's was crazy. a milletainment episode. Who knows? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was Oppenheimer uh, before Oppenheimer. It was Oppenheimer before Oppenheimer, man. Mm-hmm. It was, it, like I said, 76 years before Oppenheimer wow. was wow. Oppenheimer. And Two years after Oppenheimer right. was Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Two years after Oppenheimer, 76 years before Oppenheimer was Oppenheimer. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Man. <laughs> well, if you want to see what my outfit looks like to the Barbie premiere, there you, you go. can follow me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on threads at Drake Cummings, Hell on yeah. TikTok at Hollywood Drake. I'm live every day on Kick at Drake Laurent, <laughs> and uh, YouTube at Drake Cummings. Damn right. Uh, you can follow me around this crazy, I don't know, celestial path. Um, at Sailor underscore dev on Insta and Abracadabra dev on Twitter and if you look back and pass episodes hard enough, you'll find my other handles. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me at Jimmy DeLoy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. You can find us at Film History, The History of Film, uh, or FHHF Pod, depending on where you're looking for that. Just Google all that shit. You can find me doing another show over there called Historic Hangouts with Scare You to Sleep's Shelby Scott. Uh, we've been rolling on that. It's been really great. It's been nice. really fun. What's the newest episode? Newest episode is called The King's Tavern in Natchez, Mississippi. Cool. Yeah, it was like What's a What's the deal fucking, with that? Oh, man. It was this... It was a place that belonged... It, it, it was built in the 1770s... Or no, 1760s. <clears throat> and it was a uh, British colonial like guardhouse for a base on the Natchez... On the Mississippi River right cool. there. And after the Revolutionary War, we drove them out. It stood, like, kind of abandoned, and a guy bought it, turned it into a bar, and it became this fucking legendary bar that is still standing, still operating in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, And it just had all sorts of, uh, you know, had all sorts of characters coming through there. Have you been there in person? Yeah, I've been there in person. It's also haunted as fuck. Uh, There were literally bodies in the wall. Uh, what? Some some murder had happened, and there were bodies in the wall that a guy had ripped the bricks out, put those bodies in the wall. It was like a woman and a kid, Damn. and he put the murder weapon, which was a bejeweled dagger that he killed them with, and some sort of like fucking sacrificial shit, and he buried it all in the wall of the King's Tavern. How much later did they find that? They found it. They were, like, redoing it. They were, wow. like, rejuvenating the place, and they found some fucking bodies in the wall. I got to listen to this episode. You got to listen to this episode. It's an episode. It's an episode. Historic That's hangouts. a podcast. Historic Hangouts. That's a podcast. Nice. You can also find me drunk at the first night of Barbenheimer, y'all. Friday coming up. 
Uh, I'll be uh, splitting Ken's atoms. No, you know what I'm which, saying? Which are you gonna see first, Oppenheimer or Barbie? Oppenheimer. How, what order? Man, well, I mean, I guess I'm gonna see Barbie first because I can't yeah, fucking see Oppenheimer I, I for the next to, three weeks. I have to see Barbie first because yeah. Oppenheimer, my ticket for Oppenheimer is two weeks after. Like, oh, yeah. uh, by the way, everyone, uh, go Google image right now uh, the Oppenheimer IMAX film reel. Uh, it is, what was it? It was 600 miles of film. Yeah, like two tons. Two tons. Yeah. Uh, the the equipment that runs IMAX movies could hardly fucking handle this, like, yeah. disc of film. Now I understand why there's only two theaters in all of Los Angeles. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Literally, do we have the technology? It's like, it's film this history is, in, the, in the making. This is so funny. This is the macrocosm and the microcosm. Yeah. Because it's a movie about a big dick move. And then Nolan does a big yes, dick move. Yes, dude. Yes. About, with the movie about the big yes, dick Yes, man. Move. It's all like, meta. This whole episode has been meta. It's really ridiculous. This whole episode <laughs> has been meta. Because so was this movie. So was this movie. Yeah. This movie, this movie, the beginning of the end, made a movie about the fucking Manhattan Project uh, being developed in the place where they developed the Manhattan Project. You know, it's yeah. like, we... America is the bomb. Yeah. The bomb is our culture. Yeah. They yeah, ask we're, what we're bomb people. They ask what American culture is. It is hot dogs. It is hamburgers. It is reality TV. But mostly, it's, fucking, it is the atomic bomb, baby. Bomb. And you guys, That's what America is made on. You guys need more evidence that we're living in a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm convinced. Trust me, um, I'm convinced. But, um, I, but I am really excited for Barbie. Uh, my friend's yeah. birthday happens to be Friday, and Hell she yeah. just wants to have like a whole Barbie day. So there's a pop-up in Santa Monica. So I'm going to dye my hair pink again. I'm going to put together a Ken-inspired outfit. Let's We're going to go. go to the Barbie pop-up, then the movie. It's going to be it's gonna be a super fucking girly pop brunch day. I'm Send very excited. Send me your extra ticket. <laughs> I'll dress yeah. as Barbie. I'll just go in full drag. Hell yeah. Uh, you can also find me. I am become death. Destroyer of worlds. Destroyer of nerds! And this has been Film History. The The History History of Film. Film! You know what I'm talking about!